0: Hello and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds,
1: who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information.
0: Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of Geek Thyself. I am not going to say Fortnite. <laughs> I
1: say it again. Hi, everyone.
0: Yeah, it's back with us two again, because time zones allowed us to do it this time. Yes,
1: oh, time zones. They're the bane of our existence when it comes to recording this podcast.
0: (laughs) Time zones, work, and everything else. Um, Yeah, so we put this one off from last week, or last episode, Mm -hmm. because we said we were going to do it, Uh, but it's a rather interesting topic, and... I guess it's weird that I covered the pre- the U.S. presidency when <laughs> you probably know more about it than I do. But
1: I mean, the thing is, though, let's be honest. Anyone who's part of the American education system can back me up on this. But American history is very, very skewed in the way it's taught. Is it? I, In my opinion, it is. I mean, you, you know the whole, there's that saying... To the victor go the spoils, or and histories written oh, yeah. by the by the winners, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like to a certain degree that's very true, because um, I uh, I feel like you know things like this for ex- just an example that's pertinent to both our countries' histories, the American Revolution. Um, yes. Like the way it's discussed and taught, whether they mean to or not, I feel like still comes across as very romanticized in terms of like, oh, us Americans were fighting for our freedom from oppression. And I mean it is true there's some of that. But like yeah. the the way things are phrased and the way people are portrayed, I think often gets skewed more in the like the American fighters were heroes versus you know, something that's just so, more of a clinical look at this is what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, they might have been fighting over their freedom, but a lot of them still had slaves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that gets kind of glossed
0: over. So, you know, like, it's freedom for some people. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I totally get what you mean.
1: It's stuff like uh, that, or, like, even the Civil War. Uh, um, yeah. Um, some, although, which... to be fair, in the Civil War... I'm okay with them romanticizing the North because the South was fighting to keep the slaves. There's more to yeah. it. There's a lot more to it. There were other things they were fighting for also. But that part was of
0: the contention. Yeah,
1: part of the core argument was slaves or no slaves. Yeah. So which, in, in that regard, I don't care that they romanticize the North. They can do it all they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, uh, very anti slave here on Kick Thyself. I, I think that's. A fair statement to make.
1: <laughs> Uh Yes, I would 100,000% agree with that statement. Um, but you there's know, other if, U.S. history things, too, too bl- that get glossed yeah. over. There's other U.S. history oh. things that get glossed over. Like, pretty much everything that's been done to the Native Americans.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you teach about the, the bomb you dropped on Japan? Yes. And how much? Like, is it looked at in, de- uh, in depth?
1: So I think some of it depends on your teacher, to be fair. I do think there's a a large portion of it that depends on who your history teacher is. Um, In my experience, I have a slightly different, like, information background on it because I'm also half Japanese-American. So I didn't just learn about the Japanese internment and what happened during World War 2 from the history books I also learned about it from my father who was a huge history buff and wanted me to know about it and from my mother mm. and her family a little bit cuz obviously yeah, it's good. pertinent to them and then also yeah. because I read so fast when I was a kid my parents at one point when I was in I want to say middle school or high school like right in between mm. there basically made this rule where for every three fun books I read so like if I read three science fiction fantasy books that were basically fluff I had to read one classic so right. very early in high school or at the end of middle school I don't remember which I read Hiroshima mm-hmm. which is a oh, it's a very it's a classic book that's all about the bombings in Hiroshima and what happened after and in it's I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if it's 100% historically accurate, but it follows the lives of different people, and I know it's at least based off of real life, if not actually being the person's accounts. Sure. So I had. A, I personally know a lot. Was I taught a yeah. lot in school? Eh, kind of, because my history teacher was good. Um, That's fair. The thing is, like, all of World War Two is... A lot of what's focused on, at least from what I remember being taught, other than the fact that my history teacher was good, like what was in the book and didn't get expanded on, except when she talked about other stuff, was that, um, you know, the Americans were fighting against Nazis. Like, it's always America was anti-Nazi. But in reality, America didn't do anything except kind of economically support the war until someone did something to them when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. And then after that bombing, America was like, oh, no, you didn't. And then they got in on the war and then...
0: And to be fair, while bombing Pearl Harbor wasn't necessarily good, they also had legitimate-ish reasons for for wanting to do it. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, Mm -hmm. the Americans and oil and... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, um, and, I mean, to be fair... Uh, you know Hawaii or Hawaii if you're saying it more accurately to the native tongue is technically a country that we took over and forcibly turned into a state so you know we, there's some <laughs> yeah there's some gray areas in there
0: well I mean there's always gray areas like uh, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty with the UK history I was taught about terrible things that we absolutely did as, as a nation. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. The, they call it the Great British Empire for a reason. <laughs> we were not good.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of countries you guys took over. I mean, to be fair, so did America. but.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we just did it first, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Well, that was a big tangent, but I thought, I think that's fun. But anyway... But again, going on to English monarchy and rule. Yeah, we're talking about yeah. Henry VIII today.
1: Let's That's the up. plan, yeah.
0: That is the plan. Oh, boy. He's, I mean... A piece of work. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely a piece <laughs> of work. He's also probably one of the most famous monarchs, which obviously like isn't just the reigning monarch right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you were to ask people outside of the UK, I guess... If you've heard uh, that's old, true. Yeah, the potential That's true.
1: I would I would agree. If I think if you went up to the average person somewhere in the world who's ever heard like anything about British royal history and you asked about Henry the Eighth, the likelihood that they'd be like, Isn't he the one that killed all his wives? is pretty high.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, you know, like <laughs> there's obviously also uh, Richard the Third, who's fairly up there as well for mm-hmm. other reasons. <laughs> Yeah, you know, going back to the America, uh, the the British and American
1: War, Revolutionary yeah. War. that's true, and yeah. probably anyone that Shakespeare wrote a story about, there's a chance.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean true, that is true. He wrote quite a few of them, but yeah. So Henry VIII, the there is a fair few reasons as to why he's uh, as well known as he is, and I guess one of the first things we could talk about is you know. Well, I guess, no, but that would be skipping ahead if we, talked, if we went straight into um, that <laughs> kettle. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, as she sort of said, six wives. Let's start there, I mm-hmm. guess, because, you know, he did have six wives, not all at once. Um, yeah, this um, isn't poly, his...
1: this isn't a polygamous situation, Just uh, no. just a lot of wives yeah. all in a row.
0: It was all in a row. Um, His first wife, who was Catherine of Aragon, ironically, was actually married to his older brother, Arthur, who died when they were 15. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, they were married when they were 15.
1: Yeah, that wasn't uncommon back then, though. I mean, for anyone who hasn't done a lot of studies of history, uh, I feel like especially in the royal families or noble families it was very very common for the children to be married off early and there were multiple reasons for this i mean one was if you were noble or if you were royal you definitely wanted an heir which meant which meant the sooner you started the better especially because the more children you had the better chance that one of them would actually survive to be an adult because one of them would
0: actually live yes this is the dark ages middle ages whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. um Medi- medical treatments were oh your legs busted we're gonna cut it off then
1: yeah they weren't great uh, oh. this this was oh. the time of like leeches and bloodletting yeah. to cure diseases and stuff like that which and you know people a- died of shock of and mm-hmm. shock
0: like when when having yeah. operations and all that good stuff yeah so,
1: constantly. Yeah.
0: Lots of kids and lots of young marriages, like because mm-hmm. you didn't know how long they were going to live for. Yeah, yeah you, uh, as as your, yeah, you didn't know how long your um,
1: yeah you didn't know how long your kids were going to be alive, and you wanted them to have as many offspring as possible before they died, so that there was a chance someone would live and provide you with an heir. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so as we just said, Arthur died when he was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry the Seventh, who was Henry the Eighth's father, actually had seven children, but only three of them. Uh, survived adolescence and then Arthur died fift- at fifteen, so it's yeah. it really it was really a rough time for that. Uh, yep. Speaking of uh, Arthur, Catherine of Aragon, as we sort of said, was, ad- like I guess the phrase earmarked <laughs> uh, for, uh, for uh, promised could be used. Yes, promised. Promised uh, sounds promised. slightly less bad. <laughs> yeah, it's about it's about the same thing. Love. I know. Uh, yeah, they they were promised uh, to Arthur. Uh, when they were three
1: yeah they didn't
0: get married when they were three but they were promised by at that point yeah
1: that also wasn't uncommon back then especially as the different royal families of the different ruling countries and in europe you know there's a reason that uh, they joke that at like one point in history every royal family was related to Queen Victoria, and it's because it's true. Because she had either yeah. like nieces or cousins or a child or a granddaughter or something in basically every major royal family. Because if you're a prince or princess, chances are high that your family is going to want to marry you off to another royal family royal if you're not to needed to rule the country. Yeah. yeah. It's a way to make alliances, it's a way to consolidate your power. You know, if the king of Spain is married to the king of France's daughter, then if someone attacks Spain, France is going to step in because he wants to protect his daughter. You know, it's just, it's common sense and it was done all the time.
0: Absolutely. Um, Another thing uh, about, like, multiple marriages is pretty much everybody in the UK is somewhat distantly eligible for the throne because of how prolific this was, which is really ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, like, no, like... Like thousands and thousands of down the lines for people, but right. you know, pretty much everybody is in on the in the country is at least eligible, which, you know, is kind of yeah. What it is.
1: As long as they can trace their family tree back far enough in England. That yeah. is and true.
0: Then, and everybody else who was ahead of them died, which very unlikely. I know. Or, it you know, it you, makes me think or, of
1: that um, That new TV show that just started, I don't know if it's in the UK, but it's over here, called Designated Survivor.
0: I've heard of it, but it's not
1: a Yeah. Um, For anyone who doesn't know or hasn't heard about the show, it has Kiefer Sutherland in it, so it's probably pretty good. But um, the Designated Survivor is something that's done over here in the US whenever a lot of the heads of the government are getting together. One of the members of I think it's the cabinet, if I'm remembering correctly, but it's someone who's, you know, reasonably high up in the government Mm -hmm. is purposely taken to a different location and kept safe in like a bunker situation so that if anything happens to everybody else, there's one person left that can still run the country.
0: Wow, that's that's intense. It's
1: not done all the time. My understanding is it's only done like when literally everyone is getting together, which doesn't happen all that often. And even then, I think it's more so if they're doing something where everyone's getting together and it's public. So it's a designated survivor or designated successor is a named individual in the presidential line of succession they're chosen to stay at an undisclosed secure location away from events such as the state of the union addresses and presidential inaugurations ah. and it's so that hypoth- yeah it's so that hypothetically if someone like bombs the capitol building or whatever when the state of the union is going on or wherever they're having the state of the union <laughs> you know if someone bombs congress and kills everybody there's one person somewhere that can still keep the country running
0: so it's almost like an anti-Guy Fawkes measure.
1: <laughs> yes, and it's uh, it's that actually <laughs> c- could be one of the reasons why they thought it was a good idea. Um, you
0: know, maybe that's fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, uh, it's usually a member of the cabinet, and it, they're usually someone chosen by the president to be the one to sit out.
0: Um... Sure. I mean, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and of course they have to be someone who's eligible to serve as president. So they have to be, you know, born in the U.S. and they have to be so many years old and yada yada yada. They
0: have to have lived there for at least um, fifteen or sorry fourteen years, I think.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Something like that. Again, uh, something I covered on my last week, uh, the last episode because I was going over eligibility and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So yeah, uh, Captain American was married to. Uh, Arthur Prince of Wales for from, 19, from 1501 to 1502 when he died and then seven years later in 1509 um, she married uh, Henry VIII who was at this point yeah uh, well, uh, the monarch because <laughs> he started reigning in 1509 in mm-hmm. April so when he was um, 17 very uh, what's right when he was 17, I think? Yes, yeah, yeah, he was 17 years old, because yeah. um, his brother died when he was 10. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Henry VII, uh, uh yeah, um, he died in, uh, no, doesn't uh, yeah. 1485? Uh what it no, says no, online. That's he, no, that's when that's if that's his coronation. Oh, 15. okay, but my bad, he, misread he, he di- it. So yeah, he died in fifteen oh nine. So yeah, he died then um, at fifty two, and that's why Henry the Eighth was coronation uh, was coronated uh, mm-hmm. when he was only seventeen, and he actually hadn't had much experience being out in public by this point because they had sort of kept him away from the public eye for this point because he was you know, 10, when his when he became the next in line, so they didn't want all that lovely stuff. So, anyway, Henry VIII got married, and by uh, by 1525, so uh, math, 1509 to 1525, uh, so like 15, uh, 16, 16 years, years. Uh, he was basically fed up with Catherine of Aragon for a few reasons Um, Mm -hmm. one mainly um, she could not produce a living um, male heir specifically she did have a uh, they did have a daughter uh, Mm -hmm. but he was not super you know into that Uh, you know uh, Mary the first or future marriage first Uh, he wanted a son very specifically definitely wanted a son to take over uh, as the heir because yeah. at this point there were not really you know precedents for women taking the throne that hadn't happened yet
1: yeah and un- unfortunately so. um, you know it's not like they didn't have multiple children it's just that none of them lived except for Mary Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so. they, they actually we- had a couple of sons but two were stillborn yeah. and uh, one only lived about seven weeks
0: uh, again, very common in mm-hmm. in that kind of time period, but uh, at this point, uh, Henry VIII had become to get infatuated with uh, Anne Boleyn. At this point, so he mm-hmm. wanted to annul his first marriage with um, Catherine of Aragon, but um, the Pope uh, of the you know uh, of the, the the Christian Christian Church said no. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, well, and to be clear also, I mean, it wasn't just him. Catherine of Aragon was Catholic. Yes. And I, uh, if I'm remembering right, she was from Spain.
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: And, so, and you know, Spain was very Catholic. And at the time, so were a lot of people in England, including Henry VIII. But um, she didn't want the divorce, and neither did, and the Pope wasn't willing... To grant the annulment
0: Because normally annulment means There must have been sort of cheating
1: Or or something
0: Some some, some reasons to why they shouldn't be together anymore And the only reason the king had Is I want to get married to someone else And also the uh, the male heir thing But again that's Mm -hmm. not enough of a reason So the king Said Screw you I'll do it myself Um, And left the Catholic church and created the Church of England and became the first head of the Church of England to mm-hmm. um, get the, the marriage annulled. Uh, yes,
1: because once he was the head of his own church, he could do whatever he wanted, including annul his yes.
0: marriage. Absolutely, mm. which is exactly what he did. Uh, uh, he got excommunicated from the Catholic Church for doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I can't really blame the Catholic Church for wanting to do that. But, yeah, uh, so... They got divorced in fifteen thirty three. So a few years later, because I don't, I'm not sure when actually. Yeah, yeah. Had divided by assuming supremacy over religious matters, and in fifteen thirty three, their marriage was consequently declared invalid. (laughs) And uh, Henry married Anne of Cleves, I believe. I believe. I believe that's the correct one. No, sorry, Anne Blynn. The, mm-hmm. Look, there were like six wives and four names.
1: <laughs> right? It's, yeah, I was noticing that. For anyone who's wondering yeah. why we might be getting confused, it went Catherine, Anne, Jane, and Catherine, Catherine. Yep. Uh... So yeah. if we have to stop and double check which one we're talking about, that's yeah. why so I would
0: say Anne of Cleves, who's a little later mm-hmm. so um this marriage was basically immediate um from from one to the other, and this marriage lasted only three years because uh, she 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 died I'm pretty sure yeah, oh yeah um yeah no she she died uh <laughs> Uh Well yeah, yeah died. Um Well um, yeah, she she died. Um there's a lovely little rhyme actually that the that <laughs> the, the, the English people are taught um, about this. Um and it's um divorced beheaded died. Um divorced beheaded survived. And the reason that is be is because um Henry liked to chop people's heads off and accuse people of treason and, and heresy. All sorts of, yeah. And that extended all the way into his wives as well. And Unfortunately, mm-hmm. if the king accuses you of chosen, you don't get a trial. It just happens, uh, pretty much. So,
1: and yeah. there are there's a lot of movies and even TV shows about, like there's the Tudors, yes, and stuff like that. And there was the movie. I'm forgetting the name of the movie right now, but it's the one that had. Um. Oh, but it's, what's her face? It had um, Scarlett Johansson as the one sister and, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. She was in Thor. She played as love interest and my brain is oh, just- Oh, Natalie Portman. Thank Natalie you. Portman. My brain was yes, just completely blank for a name for some reason. And Natalie Portman as Anne Boleyn. Mm,
0: gotcha.
1: Um, I think it was probably more popular over here in the States, and I can't for the life of me remember exactly what the name of the movie was right now. I
0: I don't know what this movie is, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, it also, wasn't great. You're not missing anything. Fair enough. Uh, but yet, basically, what the sort of treasonous uh, charges were were coming down to adultery and incest and treason. So basically, they were being unfaithful to the King of England, which is not something that's that's you know uh, allowed uh, but these were just uh, this was never actually confirmed as far as i'm aware uh yeah the, the, there was never actually any proof that they were that they were being unfaithful Mm-mm. but the accusation was basically enough yeah especially because it, it was coming from you know the king and
1: and or someone he was willing to be like yeah they're telling the truth kind of thing
0: they got divorced or oh, no, no they're not divorced the, the marriage was uh, and old, but uh, there wasn't a divorce. They would uh, she was just um, executed for for treason, which is lovely. Okay, and then very swiftly, mani- uh, he married uh, Jane Seymour, uh, which uh, I believe mm-hmm. was is actually the the wife he got on best with, uh, or from like uh, accounts of like um, things that I've watched.
1: Well, and at the very least, her death wasn't his fault, not directly.
0: No. Well, (laughs) no, uh, no, uh, to be fair, um, she died very soon after their marriage, uh, unfortunately. She died uh, less than a year later in childbirth for his first ever male son, who would grow up and actually survive infancy, Mm -hmm. uh, which I want to say is Edward VI. Yes, I'm, I'm correct. So, yep. yes, uh, his first son to actually live from that uh, was. was uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so many different names. Uh, Moore, and yet the same uh, n-
1: name over and over again.
0: What's um, <laughs> uh, right.
1: And yet the same name over and over again, hence the confusion. Yeah.
0: So yes, uh, she died of postnatal, uh, postnatal complications less than two weeks after the birth of her only child, a son who became King, king Edward VI. Uh, she was the only wife of the king to receive a queen's funeral, and his only consort to be buried beside him in St. George's Chapel, which is really interesting when you consider the fact that he had three more wives after her, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was the one who was chosen to be buried next to him.
1: Yeah, which does again lend itself towards, you know, she might have been his favorite wife out of all of them. Um, yeah, also um, which, we forgot to mention, but, um, with Anne Boleyn, he did have, uh, one of the most famous Queens of England ever, Queen Elizabeth the first. Yes. She is uh, the one who gave birth to Elizabeth the that would go on to become the Queen of England. Yeah.
0: And there was also Mary the first from his first, uh, wife Catherine of Aragon and there's there's contention between those two when Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, who's going to be in charge after Edward dies? Because Edward died fairly early on. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of,
1: like, the Protestants supporting, and the the people from the Church of England supporting Queen Elizabeth because she wasn't Catholic. And there was a lot of the Catholics supporting Mary because she was Catholic.
0: Yeah, because (laughs) she was the only Catholic one after Henry VIII decided he Mm -hmm. didn't want to be part of that anymore. Yep, yep, yep. That's the third one covered. I guess this is probably a fair time to go for a break because there's three more to cover.
1: <laughs> it sounds so bad. <laughs> well, but yes, I agree.
0: Know, I, yeah, I mean, having six lives, I don't think is a problem. But I think when you're having to murder them off. <laughs> to, to get See, them, yeah, that's, that's the
1: problem. Well, especially, yes, I mean, Trump. okay, we've already discussed the fact that people didn't live a long time back then. No. Henry VIII only lived to be 55. Yeah, uh, his
0: first wife was 17, so... Yeah, he had and
1: six he was... wives, and he only was 55
0: when he died. Also, you got to remember, the first one he was married to for 14 years, so he was already in his 30s by the time that one ended.
1: hmm so in the course of, like, <laughs> 20 years, he married five different women, and they either yeah. died or he killed them. Well, one lived, but... Two lived. Well, but of the five, after the annulment, the le- the the next five only one lived.
0: No, not two, because uh, two got divorced. Oh, two that's right. Married.
1: I forgot he divorced yeah. one of them too. See, yeah. it all blurs together.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's terrible. Anyway, uh, we'll get back to this in a minute. <laughs> we'll see. So now we'll go into the
1: mid oh. roll. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the mid roll. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's always fun to do this with actually somebody else.
1: Yeah, it's a little—it's uh, a little boring just to talk to yourself and look at the computer screen. But speaking yeah. of looking at a computer screen, I want to talk <laughs> about.
0: Good
1: <laughs> Thanks. I want to talk about World Anvil. For anyone who hasn't heard of it before, World Anvil is an amazing website and web um, campaign management software that we definitely recommend you check out. It's WorldAnvil.com. <laughs> They've got an amazing site that you can basically use to completely build out and fill out the details of your world you're making for any stories you're writing or for the campaign you're running for your players. If you want to have links between characters and places, you can do that. You can put the types of relationships they have with each other. It's just a very robust system, and it's an amazing way to do it. There's map features as well. And you can sign up for free at worldanvil.com. And you get a bunch of amazing features, even just with a free account. And then if there's features you want that do come with the paid accounts, you can upgrade at any time. And it's just an amazing website, and they're amazing people. And we definitely recommend you check it out, worldanvil.com. Yeah, they're
0: super, super fun and amazing. Other people Mm -hmm. who are super, super fun and amazing as well are the good folks over at Castle Die Hard at dieharddice.com. Die uh, Dice make wonderful, lovely dice and accessories for those dice. Like, they've got their metal dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, a new card! <laughs> yep. Uh, right, so, yeah, they have. Yeah, they've got new dice uh, that they have been released over the festive period last year with their multi class ones where they have like metal magnetic ones that click together. Uh, they also have the Mythica sets which, uh, which mimic the molds of their metal ones and they look gorgeous. And they also support um, oh, uh, um, different sort of um, um, oh, uh, charitable sort of groups uh, like and help groups. When you buy those dice, they give they and stuff to those kind of groups to help people uh, in that kind of situation. Because D&D and roleplay can absolutely help with all that good stuff. Mm-hmm boy does so anyway they have wonderful (laughs) accessories with their uh, like pop-up dice trays and their scroll of rolling which we talked about they've got pop-up dice towers and you can search through their site with everything that's uh, around there Uh, and like by colour and design and anything else they have free shipping in the US and discounted shipping internationally which is great because right now we can't go into a store and get dice so you can order dice and, you know, retail therapy, you know, it's good. <laughs> uh, if you do find anything that you'd like, you can use the new code that we have. is NerdSmith-2021. So that's NerdSmith-2021. Uh, and that's 10% off, I assume, Heather? Uh,
1: yes, that is correct.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's 10% off uh, any of uh, any of your uh, your next order. So, yeah, if you'd like to roll with the best, you can go to dieharddice.com and check out their Massive range. Yeah, and we'll. We have used them for like three years now, and we still Mm -hmm. have them. They are amazing. They are. I agree. Yes. Alright, so I guess with that, we'll get back into the other half of Henry VIII's Wives. (laughs) Oh.
1: Alright, so we're back with the second half of his insane laundry
0: list, laundry
1: list of <laughs> marriages um and now huh? we're to the one that you started talking about earlier Anne of Cleves
0: yeah which is actually kind of a uh, it's an interesting little fact and another reason why historians seem to think that Jane Seymour was his most um favoured wife is that with the other th- with the other ones that came before in, they annulled in 1533 married 1533 an old uh, 1536, married in 1536. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after Jane um, uh, Jane Seymour died in uh, 1537, he actually didn't marry again for another three years. So he actually did take a little bit of time to grieve, it seems, from this one because the first two didn't mean much in regards to that.
1: Yeah, the first two, I mean, he. Uh, there's not really a nice way to put it. He basically just married them to try to pop out kids
0: kind of um i mean the first one was basically semi arranged for him yeah that's a, true know.
1: with catherine of aragon and there is some evidence that they actually got yeah. along okay for most yeah. of their marriage it wasn't until the end when he was starting to get more desperate and wanting a male heir and stuff like that and
0: and start to get feelings for um catherine
1: and Boleyn.
0: No. Abelin, oh, there's yeah. so many. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, they, they did get on decently well, but um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, three years after that, uh, she was German, I think, of Cleves. I, don't know, I want
1: to say she was German. Uh, I'm trying to remember. And she was, no, she was the older was... sister of the Duke of Cleves, who was.
0: Yeah, she was born in Dusselford, Dusseldorf. 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 Which is in Germany, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. A German marriage. Yeah, Yeah, I mean,
1: there wasn't a lot to it. He, she was suggested no. by someone to him as his next wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, after he married her, it, it was sort of a weird situation because... She supported Catholicism, so there's they got into religious uh, disagreements.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, to be fair, when you look at the date of their marriage, <laughs> you can maybe see that maybe this one isn't going to work out. Um, their, their marriage was uh, in 1540, and it was annulled in 1540.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this time um, the wife didn't argue the annulment. <laughs>
0: No, um, um, But this is the second divorce in mm-hmm. our, in our lovely Ryan. Uh, but I think mainly this one just comes down to they didn't get on very well, and yes. there's you know there's enough issues with the Catholic Church, that, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he also had, uh, started to become interested in another woman, who was a uh, seventeen-year-old Catherine Howard, the mm-hmm. niece of the Duke of Norfolk.
0: Uh, so, yeah, this is the second Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, yeah, and it,
1: it little extra history that doesn't have it has to do with him, but doesn't have to do with him. So um, Anne of Cleves was suggested to him as a marriage candidate by Cromwell, and Cromwell was sort of the spy master and very very heavily handed involved in the politics of the time he actually didn't like that Henry was interested in Catherine Howard because Norfolk, the Duke of Norfolk, was one of his political opponents. Mm. And after things started happening and uh, Cromwell uh, not being uh, directly accused of it, but obviously getting some shade for the fact that he had recommended Anne of Cleves to Henry and then they had the marriage annulled. Doesn't look great for him. Um, no. So he was beheaded, or well, it doesn't say he was beheaded. He, yeah, oh no, there it is. He was beheaded on July 28th, 1540, which was the same day that Henry married Catherine Howard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <today laughs> you know. We moved on. Uh, but basically, uh-huh. the, the reason that was given for uh, that re- re- relationship breaking down was um, non-consummation which Mm -hmm. is about as PG as we can get. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: Kids, if you don't know what that is, ask your parents. It's not our job.
0: Nope, that's fair. Um, cultivating the marriage was actually kind of important back then, so Mm -hmm. if it didn't happen, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah, and
1: whether it it did or didn't happen, they both agreed that it didn't, so it amounts to the same thing in that they could get rid of the marriage and pretend it never happened. Which probably
0: worked out best... Um, because you know he's already on four or five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so yes. Uh, then uh, Catherine Howard. Uh, doo-doo-doo. now we are at the the second beheaded of, of the list. Mm-hmm. And why is that imprisonment and death?
1: Um, she cheated
0: on him. It's uh, this is the confirmed one, isn't it? Like the I actual confirmed. I
1: think confirmed one. so. Well, to, okay. To be fair, by this point, Henry is already in his like forties.
0: Yeah.
1: I think yeah, he's in like his forties, and his wife is seventeen. Yeah. Which wasn't uh, uncommon back then,
0: but no, especially for <laughs> kings. Like. Yeah.
1: yeah, she ended up having an affair. With a courtier named Thomas Culpepper, who was actually a friend yes. of Henry VIII's, um, and had... Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, it's it's not... I'm trying to see. It doesn't look like it's 100% confirmed. There's someone who claims it was.
0: Um, yeah. uh, so this is Thomas Henry, sorry?
1: Yeah, Thomas yes. Culpepper... Oh, is me. the one who supposedly had an affair with her and he was a courtier, but she also had a man named Francis Durham, who was her secretary and had supposedly previously been engaged to her in an in informal way.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah, and supposedly had an affair with her before her marriage. Right. Um, mm.
0: Yeah, so that didn't look great for her. So yeah, and then establishing the existence of a pre-contract between Catherine and Derham uh, would have had the effect of terminating Catherine's royal union, but it, also, uh, but it would also have allowed Henry to annul their marriage and banish her from the court in poverty and disgrace instead of executing her. no, nope, there wasn't any indication that Henry would have chosen that alternative anyway. Uh, well,
1: there's also the fact that uh, <clears throat> when the evidence was brought of her previous affair with Derham... And again, this is supposed to have happened before she was even married to him, but still, it happened. And initially, uh, Henry didn't necessarily want to believe it, but then Darum confessed, <laughs> so uh, that kind of sealed the coffin.
0: Yeah, well, literally. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, again, same same reason as the other beheaded, but this one was confirmed where the other one was just rumored, but. Uh, Apparently, apparently,
1: maybe, you know. Yeah, no, it was like a great, you know, awful, awful TV drama. Uh, Darham confessed, so then the Queen was stuck, and she had the choice to either say, yes, I had a prior type of contract with Darum, which would make her marriage to Henry invalid, but instead she said, no, he forced me to do it, and then Darum exposed her relationship with Culpepper... So Culpepper and Darren were both executed, and then Catherine was beheaded.
0: Yeah. The day so before Valentine's
1: Day in 1542.
0: Yeah. Basically, if they have had said yes that it had happened, they could have just been disavowed and annulled. Mm hmm. Again, like we just said, doesn't necessarily mean that Henry would have just annulled it. He was a bit choppy happy in general. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then we have the last wife, this, the, another Catherine. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> so many
1: Catherines. Yes. And this um, one was actually a widow, a wealthy widow. Um, he married her in, about a year later, and she also uh, was sort of a proponent of Catholicism. So he chose another one that he was arguing with. <laughs> Why... Yeah, but (sighs) she was good in many ways for him, though. For instance, she helped him reconcile with his two daughters, Mary and Elizabeth, which is probably a good thing, since they were pretty much the only ones that survived
0: any significant amount of time. Uh, And at this point, Henry was approaching, I think, his 50s, and 50 at that time was old. Old, old. Uh, Yeah. And he actually needed quite a bit of help just doing general things. So she actually became more of a, a caregiver than anything else to, to Henry, which she did actually fairly well for the, the rest of his life. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, as in the rhyme, divorced, we had it died, divorced, we had it survived. She um, survived <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. the marriage. Um, and she ended up um, uh, living until... Uh, she only died... Um, she, she only lived um, until a year later, though. Uh, it wasn't much longer. But, uh, and as far as I can tell, they actually did get on fairly well. I she was first king yeah. to, to be also queen of Ireland, <coughs> for following Henry's adoption of, uh, to, to the title of king of Ireland, which Henry Eighth was also the first king of Ireland, because, you know, we didn't get on with them for a lot of history. <laughs> Does That's a whole other kettle of fish.
1: Yes. Um, And it was also during their marriage in uh, 1543 that the Third Succession Act was put into effect, and that allowed Mary and Elizabeth to be part of the line of succession after Edward. If that hadn't been done, then neither Mary nor Elizabeth would have been considered part of the line of succession, at least not fully legitimately, after Edward died at 15.
0: I mean, to be fair, that doesn't necessarily wouldn't have mattered uh, this is true there's enough blood there's enough bloodshed in the royal family and that other people who want s- to become the royal family so
1: incredibly yeah. true
0: yeah but mm-hmm. uh yeah it's it, them reconciling that it's definitely important for this country because you know <laughs> Queen mm-hmm. Elizabeth, kind of important yeah uh, but uh, he also definitely did like uh, get on with and um, Uh, Catherine uh, Parr because he uh, gave a provisional allowance of 7,000 pounds per year to support herself and that would be millions now probably. I'm actually curious. Yeah, that's a lot. 7,000 pounds in 1,500. How much would that be now? That would be yeah, it would be roughly um, two point one million pounds to support yourself. Uh, to mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you don't really do that for people you're not a fan of. <laughs> um, but no, he also said that after his death, Catherine, though, would be a queen de Bois, uh or to like, you know, like the widow of a king, uh, would still should, should, should still have uh, the respect of though if she was actually the queen of England. Which, again, was mm-hmm.
1: uncommon. Yeah, one thing uh, that I do think is interesting, and to be fair, this is coming off Wikipedia, so everyone take it with a grain of oh, salt. Yeah. There is an English historian, and someone who's considered an expert on the House of Tudor, which was Henry VIII's house. Yes, um, what that, Tudor. Yes, that describes Henry VIII as a husband, and I'm quoting this, so please no one read into me thinking this. What is extraordinary is that Henry was usually a very good husband, and he liked women. That's why he married so many of them. He was very tender to them. We know that he addressed them as sweetheart. He was a good lover. He was very generous. The wives were given huge settlements of land and jewels. They were loaded with jewels. He was immensely considerate when they were pregnant, but once he had fallen out of love, he just cut them off. He just withdrew. He abandoned them. They didn't even know he'd left them.
0: Like, that is, that is that is a, that is a quote. Mm-hmm. That is a quote
1: and a half. Honestly, though, probably not inaccurate, to a certain no, degree, uh, at least. I mean, him being a sweetheart to his wives, I don't, I don't know, but the well, no, I mean, fact that, he, like, he seemed to care about them, and then once he was done, he was done, that's very true. <laughs> I mean,
0: absolutely. Uh, but, you know, he also killed two of them, let's not forget that, eh? Mm-hmm. Let's not forget
1: that. Yeah, I I would say that for me, saying that he killed, you know, the fact that he killed two of them is a little bit more than just like, yeah, I'm done with you. Although, to be fair, this guy's quote, I mean, he said, but once he had fallen out of love, he just cut them
0: off. (laughs) I mean, that is true. That is Mm -hmm. true. That is what was said. Uh, I mean, at least the second one was at least a confession of a quote-unquote crime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, kind of. The first one, he just he just wanted out. He just wanted out. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he had three, well, two children who became monarchs. The third, who was definitely in contention for it.
1: Well, I mean, definitely. technically, technically she was a queen for a little bit because she did marry. Um, Philip II of Spain.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, in the sort of line, yeah, absolutely. Uh, th- some people and some historians, historians still don't actually view that as being valid, though, which is ridiculous, but it's... Yeah, Yeah, well.
1: Cause,
0: yeah. So, yeah, and then, cause then there was Henry, and then Jane, uh, and then uh, who was disputed, and then Mary. Oh, yeah. And then and then Elizabeth, and then they were only reigning for like five years. Yeah. Mm hmm. Sorry, it's Jane who was disputed, not Mary. I'm getting mixed up because it's a total mess. <laughs> <laughs> but so, he had a busy life. He liked to be uh, very extravagant when he was like living. Uh, and was nearly on the sort of cusp of financial ruin many times because of how much he spent, uh, mm-hmm. both on sort of personal things and on unsuccessful wars that oh, yeah. he was part of, uh, which again, totally uh, common during this period. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. Yeah, and he definitely—I mean, despite the fact that many of them did not survive, he did have a lot of children
0: yes yeah. many of them being female uh, the one and then mm-hmm. fewer boys and then only three that actually grew into prominent i believe
1: yeah i mean percentage wise he's pretty 50-50 i'm just i'm looking at the breakdown but the yeah. the thing is of the ones that survived at least yeah. in terms of legitimate children it's definitely skewed more towards the girls um of the mm-hmm. children that survived Long enough to even be named, because unfortunately some of them didn't even live long enough to be named. Mm-hmm. Um, there, he has the son, the son he had with Catherine of Aragon, who died when he was, uh, Henry, you know, a few weeks old. Uh, Duke of Como. hmm Yeah. And then he had Queen uh, Mary the mm-hmm. First, who's mm-hmm. the one that married Philip of Spain, and yes, is known. I think she isn't she the one that's known as Mary Queen of Scots?
0: I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. No, she's the one known as Bloody Mary.
1: Yes, that's right. She's Bloody Mary. Which, you know, when you look at her dad, that's not surprising. <laughs> I mean, honestly. So, yeah. And then and then he had an illegitimate son with one of his mistresses. Her name was Elizabeth Blount. Um she's the only one who's really was acknowledged.
0: Yeah, uh, and that was acknowledged in 1525, but mm-hmm. still couldn't be crowned king because legitimate. Um, yeah.
1: Right, then, but he was given a dukedom. Had,
0: yeah, and then Adeline had Queen Elizabeth first, mm-hmm. who um, survived, and then three unnamed sons who miscarried, miscarried, uh, yeah, the, all three of them miscarried or was a false pregnancy on the first one. Mm-hmm. And then Jane Seymour had King Edward the sixth, and um, died unmarried. Um, uh, and she also died in childbirth, as we've just dis- dis- described. And that was his uh, last um, child. Um, he basically stopped after actually having a kid, uh, survived infancy, which is. Yeah. But I suppose he, at this point, like, so 1537, how mm-hmm. long would he be in 1537? Uh, <laughs> I have to look up his he birth year have. again. Uh, it was 10 years before he died. He would have been 45. So he probably, at that point, would have been approaching being in, in, impotent in that regard.
1: Yeah, and specifically because of the like the way people aged back then, he would have been considered very old. There's also the yes. fact that after Jane Seymour had King Edward, the the sixth... Yeah. Um, he was then married to Anne of Cleves, who he reportedly didn't really like that much, and then was married to Catherine Howard, who supposedly cheated on him and was beheaded very quickly. Yeah. And then his uh, last wife, you know, as we discussed, that he was almost to his years of death. He
0: was only with her for, like, four years. And... So more of a caregiver than anything else. Yeah. Uh, and also, he also was out of relationships for about four years after Jane Seymour died in childbirth. Mm-hmm. So, by that point, he's definitely pushing the age of not having more kids, even if he was interested in um, Anne of Cleves, uh, and then Catherine Howard, I think, is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Catherine Howard and Cleves. I got it right once. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, but the, the ones that actually survived generally did fairly well uh you know in regards to being important in the line of succession yeah uh, but yeah uh, and yeah so and then there's obviously him stirring up a lot of issues with uh you know getting annulled from his first marriage and setting up a whole new religion for
1: it <laughs> yeah I mean honestly in terms of... So other than what his children did, because who yeah. doesn't know Queen Elizabeth the First? Like, who who absolutely. hasn't heard of her? Um, besides what his kids did, there's, um, I think, one of the most lasting things he's done that is still around today in England is the Church of England.
0: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, yes, it came around for, for absolutely shady, shady reasons that should, probably shouldn't yeah. exist. But, you know. Uh, and then there was all sorts of issues that came along later because of it about whether you were Catholic or Protestant, uh, with future kings mm-hmm. uh, like with like with the Mayflower and getting rid of get, going uh, fleeing English persecution, uh, the the Pilgrims. So yeah, that's, that's not an interesting tie-in, which doesn't happen for another what three hundred years,
1: something oh, like that. Okay. But. Yeah, no, definitely the the creation of the Church of England had a lasting effect on England for various reasons, not the least of which is the fact that it still exists today. But also, you know, like you mentioned, before then, I mean, there might have been some religious oppression, I'm sure, but it wasn't quite such a large divide because suddenly you went from having, you know, lots of Catholics and a smattering of other things Yes. To Catholics and the Church of England, Protestants the being Protestant. very like head to head against each other because of how things came about. It was a big deal, and suddenly, that was a
0: massive
1: deal. yeah, suddenly religion went from just being this thing that maybe some people used as oppression tactics or whatever, went from being that to like this is a big political brouhaha because. Catholics and the Protestants are no longer willing to get along with each other over this. It was a big deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, as a fun little sort of tidbit, uh, the uh, the Tudor line went from Henry VIII's uh, father, Henry VII, and ended with uh, his daughter Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Although, To be fair, Elizabeth ruled for a ridiculously long amount of time.
1: Yeah, she lived a ridiculous re- ridiculously long time for like the, the time for the for the times like the fact yeah, that she, she ruled from when i forget when she started ruling but she uh, i she, mean
0: she was she she started ruling from uh, the 17th of november 1558 and she ruled until 1603
1: yeah and, I mean, she was born in fifteen thirty three and died in sixteen o three. So she was seventy years old. Which yep. this is this this is the fifteen and sixteen hundreds. That's like unheard of back
0: then. Yeah, yeah, the, that was ridiculously long. Uh, longevity for for somebody. Uh mm-hmm. um, Although to be fair, uh, yeah, All right. I don't really think there's much else to to cover. like. Obviously, there's plenty of other mm-hmm. things to, to learn about. Uh, all the internet's have political things about his relationships, but there are actually a lot of like documentaries and shows that you can find for that if you're very interested in finding out more. Mm. Obviously, we can't cover literally everything. We would be here forever. Yeah, it would be like a three-hour episode. <laughs> and we already struggled keeping them like, like, like one hour, so <laughs> that would be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right, so I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm having a last look at everything. is there anything that you can find?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I think we covered all the major stuff. I mean, yeah. in terms of political things, like you said, there's a lot of random wars that he didn't do great with. There's a lot of ups uh, and downs politically, but one of the biggest things he did that really had a long, political, lasting effect was the Church of England. And absolutely. let's be honest, he did it because he wanted to be able to annul his own marriage.
0: Mm-hmm. I, mean,
1: I mean, that's that's pretty much why he did it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so we kind of covered it.
0: Yeah. yeah, we did. I mean, like, uh, that's just a thing. Like, the Pope was not happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, to the point they, where at
1: one point the Pope declared Queen Elizabeth an illegitimate heir.
0: Yeah, because because they were prosti- uh, prostit- Protestant. Protestant. Uh, like,
1: Thank you. <laughs> well, and because he, the Pope, never agreed that the marriage between Catherine of Aragon and Henry VIII was actually annulled. annulled. Hen- Henry annulled it'll it, but the Pope and the Catholic be. Church never did.
0: Yeah, which would technically mean that every marriage after that would be illegitimate. Mm-hmm.
1: So as far as the Catholic Church was concerned, only Mary the First, Bloody Mary, was actually a legitimate heir to the King of England. Which, you know, again which, I mean, goes back it's... to the very Catholic versus Protestant history that started happening right around then.
0: Now, the only issue with that is you're literally trying to pick on the ruler of the, of, you know, the British Empire, which is probably not a good idea
1: yeah well and apparently it did lead to some people like trying to take her life but luckily she had good enough people in place keeping track of those things that she was fine oh
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: right. um she'd so, actually be another fun one for us to cover yeah
0: i think that's true there's definitely a lot to cover there she, uh, yeah she possibly too a, much a, a good long one <laughs> um, queen victoria is also a fairly good one to cover different mm-hmm. era but there's actually a whole age named after her. yeah that's true Alright, but yes, we got a few ideas for maybe not next episode, but some maybe future in this year. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, I think we'll wrap that up here. We hope you're all doing well with everything that's going on. Um, yeah. Uh, we yeah. will see you in a couple of weeks with another topic that we're not sure on yet because we're very really good at this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. right, so we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. And in the meantime, please be safe.
0: Yes. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the NerdSmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself.
1: You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts.
0: We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode.
1: And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.